up Sunday morning every uh, <laughs> Sunday morning uh, before. So that's what I'm doing right before I'm eating breakfast and right before I do this. And um, you know, he does. I, I think he's hilarious and, and all that. But he does these. Um, he's a contributor, and he's been doing a segment every week about living at home with his kids uh-huh. and he's like and we're stuck in my new york city apartment and i was like it's probably like five thousand square feet so <laughs> don't say new york city apartment like it's a shoebox, you know true. so i was looking up true um, but then again and- like did you ever watch the jim gaffigan show when it was on like yes I, I, yeah like a little bit of the first season i, I know like that's definitely going to be an exaggeration but like him and his wife have five kids and it made it seem like they were like living in a two-bedroom apartment and they used to According to this article in the New Yorker. Oh yeah, um, I can't imagine he's still living in something that small now. Now they live in a space that comprises three apartments. <laughs> okay, because he's like you know he's showing you know he he's recording him in his house. Yeah, and it's, you know like I said, it's very funny. I'm a big fan. I I'm not accusing him of like being one of these celebrities. It's like you know uh, like like weeping because they're stuck in their giant mansion mm-hmm. and they have people to go out and get groceries for him stuff like that. Like. But he still will not stop saying, my five kids and my wife in my New York City apartment. And I'm like, okay, so what's, you know, it's probably at least 3,000 square feet. Like, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I mean, think of a normal New York, like a two-bedroom apartment, and he's got three of them. And I'm reading this, it's like, uh, their (laughs) living room home office has a large projection screen. um, Oh, my God. And he's showing, you know, he's, he's like walking around his apartment, and there's like a kitchen table to eat in his big kitchen Jeez. and then there's like the dining room the huge dining room table that they eat at Man, and i'm like All poor right. guy <laughs> i know i know poor he's going insane in his giant like i'm certain that <laughs> he could probably find a place to hide in his three apartment apartment <laughs> nah nah probably, <laughs> no, probably not probably not, probably not. <laughs> So I, I'm I'm trying not to get mad at him because I am a big fan of his. Oh yeah, yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan too, honestly. But just the uh, the 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 level of like celebrities coming out and just saying, "Oh man, quarantine sucks. I just want to go to Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings again uh, or yeah. or something." It was like, "Sir, you live in a fifty thousand square foot mansion." Meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile the- I'm in a seven hundred square foot apartment and I'm fine. I've got Netflix. Yeah, or the people who are like, "Hey, look, all we got to do is hunker down, and it's fine." It's like you—you you obviously are hung. Your your description of hunkering down is a lot different than mine. You know, it's like, <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Like, you know, I'm just really sick of the word heroes because uh, that word just implies that people in like a healthcare field signed up to be on the front lines of viral warfare, mm-hmm. and, and it, it it suggests that like we don't have to take care of them because oh, clearly they wanted this. Yeah, I saw a great tweet that was like, you know, in America, you use the word hero when you're talking about somebody you don't pay enough for doing the job that they're doing or something like that. <laughs> Instead of paying them what they deserve, you call them a hero or something Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Oh, well, that should be enough. They're a hero. Like, no, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. I got to say, like, my whenever I think of, like, I didn't even hate that Imagine video. I thought that was fine. Like, really? Okay. I, I think, I think, I guess I'm just not cynical enough. Like, I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't see them as telling me, like... I didn't see it as as tone deaf as some other things since then. I think we've gotten a lot more tone deaf. Um, I, if um, I I think it would have been okay if that wasn't like the first thing to really get a lot of attention that it was that that celebrities did. But if it wasn't like if uh, if one of the first things was oh Jack Dorsey of Twitter is donating like twenty five percent of his net worth or oh Jeff Bezos is donating like. 
10, $10 million. But that's the first thing. And everybody with all this money is like, hey, guys, just just hunker down. We'll get through it. OK, love you. Bye. <laughs> I thought, and I think because it was the first thing, it was like I saw it as no different as like really. Oh, I, I thought I saw it as no different as like oh Ben Gibbard's doing performances from home or Miley Cyrus is hosting a talk show on Instagram Live. <laughs> it's like that's what it was. It was just yeah. people singing. Like, what did you want from it? You know, I I didn't see it as them like telling me to do anything. Or if it had been like, <laughs> all right, guys, give all your money to uh, uh, the first responders or whatever. It was like, but it wasn't. It was just like, hey, here's a bunch of cool people singing a cool song. I didn't see it as like I wasn't insulted or offended by it. I didn't understand the the backlash. Interesting. From okay. It. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was an odd song choice. I will say that there's been some odd song choices for yeah rallying around stuff. Like Imagine's a weird <laughs> one, and then like so I was a part of one up here that I was like really honored to be a uh, part of. Like a friend of mine like sent it and. I probably wasn't even supposed to be in it, but oh, was this you know, the, still... was this the uh, "We Will Rock You" that you were in with Joe Manganiello? Yeah, Joe Manganiello, Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger, awesome. I mean Juju and Cam, like all these people from the the mayor of Pittsburgh, um, <laughs> and Pittsburgh dad who is a you know a, a big regional celebrity yeah. up here, and me, I, like I'm in there and like the station logo and and uh, and but I'm like, we will rock you. It just seemed like such a weird choice like yeah. doesn't queen have songs about like i swear <laughs> they have a song about being heroes or like can't stop me now, like don't stop me now or something like that you know <laughs> i think that would have been a good one but i was like we will rock you and it's like you got mud on your face you big disgrace i'm like this is a weird <laughs> unless it has some connection to the steelers which they have a lot of songs you know yeah, uh, that i didn't I'm not know sure. i'm not sure or pitch yeah or like maybe they play it at because i know that we did w- one other thing where uh, there was a t-shirt company around here doing like you sang Renegade by Styx and you washed your hands to it and they were like reposting all those and that's a song <laughs> they play during Steelers game so I guess that makes sense but I'm like we will rock you who are we rocking exactly I know who's uh, a big disgrace <laughs> uh, coronavirus duh oh I guess um, that's right oh maybe that's what it is I, I think you just unlocked it for me I think that's what oh I think that's what they're saying uh, I, I know, think that's I, the best theory I've heard so far. I, I definitely I watched that, and I definitely did hear your voice in the mix at one of the points. Oh, seriously? Uh, yeah, which was kind of cool. Because I mean, oh, I, awesome. I, I mean, I don't know what Ben Roethlisberger sounds like singing. I, I don't know what any <laughs> of these people sound like singing. But I'm watching it. I was like, whoa, that, that's that's Murphy's voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's good because I did one take, and I thought they were just going to use the lip sync. And so whenever I screwed up the lyric, I just kept going, and I didn't know they were actually going to use everybody's voice. And so well, I got, I what, got, what I would say like seventy five percent of it right. What did you screw up? What lyric did you screw up? I, I can't. I don't know specifically, but it's you know we only did like the first real verse up to up through the the chorus, and yeah. so you know, but something about you know, buddy, you're a boy, make a big noise, or you're an old man. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I guess I did. No, never mind. I did. I did do. I did do the whole song, but they didn't use the whole song. In oh the, wow! In the thing, and I think they replaced it with a, a karaoke track, and so I thought they were just going to do a lip sync deal, but. But no, that's uh, most people are singing. So, jeez. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I I thought that was an odd song choice too. But the, okay. the only other thing I'm going to mention is uh, about this um, is unless you have more to say, um, my go to annoying celebrity moment of this whole thing so far is the pictures of Sam Smith weeping in quarantine. No, I don't think I've seen oh, this. Oh my gosh, they're like oh. I'm like all right. 
get a hold of yourself. Uh, you know, that just that's a little too melodramatic, you know. Uh, I mean, but it's so on brand for Sam Smith. He's like, oh, like literally has the back of his hand. You know, when you do that thing, like, oh my, like I think he's literally doing that in some, like, put the back of your hand up to your forehead. I think he's oh, literally doing that in geez. some in some pictures. Yeah, like, oh good lord. All we need is like a Victorian era balcony for you to be doing that on. Oh man! Well, I'll I'll, I'll tell you what. Right now, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be living up to my name as Captain Snowflake if uh, <laughs> if I didn't point out that Tim Sam Smith definitely identifies as they them. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I I like to be better about that. So thank you. <laughs> I should have said even when I'm talking about them on air, I'll say Sam like oh, every yeah. single time, just yeah. so I don't mess it up. <laughs> No, it, I no, still it's, probably it's, even it, have. It, it's fine, says the person who's not involved in that at all. <laughs> who, who, who's not involved in whether that is fine or not. Right, right. And you ha- and you that's on brand for you. You know, you had to be on brand there. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So before I have to cut another six minutes out of another episode, uh, you want to get started? <laughs> like I did last week. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say, like, I, I went through and I did all of my creative bleeping and then and then it just all gets cut. <laughs> yeah well if i was even i was i was like this is i'm talking about myself and even i'm kind of bored so i was like uh, especially all the stuff about me and my stuff that was going on like that was just our shop talk and so i was like i'm just gonna cut it if the episode hadn't already been over an hour i might have yeah 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 swayed, but anyway you didn't miss anything by the way if you're listening to this in my opinion if you want to hear our shop talk you can sign up for our patreon Yes, please get our Patreon and God. I, could, could you imagine if we had a Patreon and the only thing we uploaded was weekly, just like what we cut out of the episode? Oh my gosh! It'd be it'd be the worst like one dollar a month in the entire world. <laughs> Easy money. God. <laughs> Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing: watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 6, Episode 5, The Couch. But before that, we do have, as always, some homework and some trivia and et cetera up top. First, we wanted to know more about this statement from Elaine, who was talking to her moving boyfriend in the van, wanting to get his take on abortion. And she said, oh, she's been thinking about this woman, this friend of hers. She got impregnated by her troglodyte half-brother and decided to have an abortion. And I looked it up, and the official definition of troglodyte, it has three. Uh Um, This one was used especially when you're talking about prehistoric times, a person who lives in a cave or lived in a cave. A a hermit. It can also be described as a hermit. Or this, I think this, like, one, like, maybe figuratively definition one and then literally definition three is the way Elaine meant it. A person who is regarded as being deliberately ignorant or old-fashioned. Oh, okay. Interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, me, me neither. I, so, I certainly never heard it. So maybe like someone who, like you're, you're saying, Elaine is describing as though they look like they live in a cave, but literally someone who is deliberately ignorant and old-fashioned. Yeah, and also someone who, yeah, like refuses to evolve, like someone who would live in a cave. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. I never knew that. Yeah, I guess uh, I, I, me neither. I never heard it before, and I probably won't. I'll, actually, probably will. Like now, weave its way into my like. Oh, what a troglodyte! <laughs> and people are just going to look at you like, I'm. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what did you just say? Yeah. Um, let me see what else I got from uh, the last episode. Well, Kramer's plan. This is kind of interesting because we knew that Kramer had already had this idea, and in, in season six, he starts putting it into fruition with Poppy in the episode uh, previously, and. 
Kramer plans to start a pizza business where you make your own pie. That's from Male Unbonding. When and, was that? Which is season one, episode four. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Which, by the way, I, I totally screwed up the intro to the show. We're talking about The Gymnast, season six, episode six today. All of these are about the couch. Oh. Of course, I was like, what the hell? I was like, why did I just introduce the couch? And this one is all about... Anyway, so uh, I, I totally blew that. But so, yeah, from season six, episode five, the couch, all the way back to season one, episode four, that's where Kramer first has had his idea for the pizza place where you make your own pie, which is pretty crazy. That's, that's insane. That's over... In real time, that's over five years' time. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Jeez. I was also looking through the cast list, and... I thought that Carl, the moving boyfriend, uh, looked kind of familiar. Carl's played by David James Elliott, who is a Canadian actor, who went on to be the star of the series Jag, which was on from <laughs> 95 to 2005. Do you remember this show at all? I, I never watched it, but I know what it is. M- mostly I know, because yeah. I think there was a, a family guy joke about it. Probably. I think that <laughs> sounds familiar, yeah. He played Harmon Rabb Jr., who was the, the star of Jag. And it was like, uh, yeah, it was about a naval like lawyer or something like that so oh it's one of those God. uh courthouse uh you know <laughs> procedural shows but it ran for 10 years and i never saw an episode either but like you just don't you don't run a show for 10 years especially when i was doing nothing but watching tv those years and not know not rec- <laughs> not kind of recognize that guy like when i saw him on the street or whatever like i wouldn't have known but when i looked him up i was like oh yeah he was jag what was his name jag <laughs> no i think that stands for like judicial army guy or something like that <laughs> it's, it's, it's the name for the naval uh you know disciplinary judicial wing god i i love yeah. that cbs show judicial army guy <laughs> judicial army guy <laughs> yeah so i think that's all i have for trivia and homework and stuff it really was a light episode oh man uh, okay um any any other news or anything actually i do and oh, i saved boy. it until i until you asked that okay there if you go to SeinfeldGame.com, these two awesome guys are trying to get the rights. And I don't know whether this is a Kickstarter or what. It reads like a Kickstarter in that like question-answer thing. But they're trying to get the rights to make this fan game, which was is like a point-and-click adventure game. So if you ever played anything like Monkey Island or King's Quest or Space Quest or those LucasArts games back in the day or Maniac Mansion or something like that, it's going to look like those. And they want to make it in like... 30 minute episodes too, where the gameplay would be about 30 minutes and they'd write new Seinfeldian (laughs) scripts for it. And you would, you know, you know, you'd go through and you could play as George, Elaine or, or Jerry, but you can't play as Kramer because nobody controls Kramer as they say in the trailer. (laughs) for the game. (laughs) It looks, I mean, it's just a blast from, I mean, you talk about what I was doing between 1995 and 2005, maybe not all the way through 2005 because I was out of college by then, but certainly like 95 to 99, and before playing a lot of these point and click adventure games, like they were a big part of my adolescence and I, I loved them. So it really hits a, a, a sweet spot for me. So SeinfeldGame.com is where you can check it out. Oh, man. I, I, I haven't yet checked it out, but I saw you tweet it. Uh, so I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And that's it. I do have a couple of Twitter shout outs to Ooh. give. Uh, one to the Iron Stash, who said that he heard about us on the Solo Monster Sounds Off, the, the wrestling podcast that gave us a shout out a couple of weeks back. Said, I'm yes. only up to season three, but has anyone told you guys the behind the scenes story about the actor who played Elaine's dad? Jerry and Jason Alexander were terrified of him. 
I think we mentioned I, it on the episode after I think, that one. I think we did because he he actually tweeted us the screen cap of the Wikipedia about uh, Lawrence Tierney. I don't know if it's like his Wikipedia or if it is uh, like based on the episodes Wikipedia, but I remember I remember saying something about it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I it must be from Lawrence Tierney's page or something because or or somewhere else because it had more information than I remembered. I remembered saying like he stole a butcher knife, and I'm like, where was there a butcher knife yeah. in that episode? Like- yeah, yeah. From the from this screen cap says. Uh, uh, they were frightened of him during filming. It was discovered that Tierney had stolen a butcher knife from the knife block in Jerry's apartment set. Various cast members remember Seinfeld encountering, encountering Tierney and stating, Hey, Lawrence, what do you got there in your jacket? Tierney, realizing he had been caught, tried to make a joke about how he thought taking the knife would be funny by reenacting a scene from Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, holding the knife above his head and making threatening motions towards Seinfeld. <laughs> Tom, Sh- Tom Sharonis, Jason Alexander, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus saw this happen and as Alexander recalled, it scared the living crap out of all of us. Chironis stated <laughs> that afterwards, Larry David would jokingly threaten to have Tyranny back on the show if Chironis did his work badly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, that that is a little bit more information than I think we had the first time around. So that's just that's just crazy. And uh, also, shout out to Turner Thomas, who tweeted us a couple of weeks ago, who said that he was really excited for us to review today's episode because it came out on his fourth birthday. So, uh, happy belated fourth (laughs) birthday, Turner. Yeah, right. (laughs) Much belated. Much belated. Like almost uh, uh, 26 years belated. Uh, so, something like that. Uh, t- twenty <laughs> closer to twenty five, I think. Uh, <laughs> but if you if you've never listened to us before, uh, we are not a research heavy show. We like to assign ourselves homework and cover that the week after. Uh, if you like what you hear, please give us a five star. Or no, I'm not going to skip over this again. We oh. we are not a research heavy podcast. I'm watching these episodes for oh. the first time ever. Tim is watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. If we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email, send us a tweet at no hugging or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, give us a five star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform that you can give us a rating on. We just ask that if it is anything other than Apple Podcasts, please send us a screen cap of the review because we can only check on Apple Podcasts for some reason. Um, e- either way, if you do that, send us your address and we will send you a free no hugging, no learning sticker. Um, once I get the chance to get to the post office, I'm terrified of contracting coronavirus. So I, I sure. haven't been there yet. Right. Uh, we, but yeah, if you, if you do send us a review, we will also read it on the show. Just like John C from the Berg, who Tim, is this, is this your friend John that we're not talking about? <laughs> we definitely not. Yes. I think that sounds like it. <laughs> okay. Well, he said no hugging in the era of coronavirus. Yeah. E- eerily prescient in the time of coronavirus, Seinfeld provides a number of comforts and useful tidbits. One, learn from Jerry how to be a germaphobe and survive. See the Poppy episode as a great example. Two, laughter is the best medicine and comfort while self-quarantining. And three, you can learn about normcore fashion and get some ideas for how to hawk your old 90s wardrobe on eBay, provided they were not already eaten by moths. This is a fantastic <laughs> podcast for anyone who has seen Seinfeld and wants to relive the glory years, or for someone who has never seen it before. Tim and Ted are hilarious and entertaining podcasters. Definitely a must-listen, especially right now. Wow. 
That's awesome. All right. Thank you, John C. High praise. Yeah, thank you, John C. from the Berg, but definitely not Tim's neighbor, John. <laughs> That's the last time we're going to talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we man. never have before either. <laughs> <laughs> With all that being said, Season 6, Episode 6, The Gymnast, original air date November 3rd, 1994. I was one year, 10 months, and 14 days old. And if you count this episode and all the other remaining ones, Tim, we have 84 episodes until we become a JAG podcast called <laughs> Judicial Army Guys. <laughs> Can't wait. If you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Elaine must substitute for her boss in a merger deal. A girlfriend's mom sees George eating out of the trash. Guest Maurice Godin. Oh, I don't think I like any of that, but we'll wait till the end. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, yeah. Uh, so we begin with a stand-up bit as usual, and this one's about bizarre toilet seats. Oh, oh man. Wow. Jerry's a, he's really ripping them apart here. Who doesn't encounter at least 13 bizarre toilet seats a day? Uh, like that clear one with the coins inside that we've all definitely seen before. <laughs> what in the hell is he talking about, Ted? I, I You know, <laughs> I definitely will give Jerry a little bit of credit here. Because what? Gr- no, okay, not, not to the level of like the coins in the toilet seat, but growing up, we had a a plush toilet seat that was printed with like cartoon fish. Wow! <laughs> and I think that's it's, pretty it's, bizarre. It's, it's I just guess. it's just because like I think my sister and I picked it out, and we were like <laughs> four and five because we needed a new toilet seat, and my mom obviously like wanted a normal one. She wanted just like a white one to match the toilet, and we're like, Mom, can we get this one? It has fishes. <laughs> so they were it was like they're drawn on there they weren't like fish like inside <laughs> no some it, sort of, it wasn't yeah, like actual like, fish living in yeah. like a giant plastic container <laughs> <laughs> i hate a squishy toilet seat i, I don't know anybody uh, well there must be people that like them because they're around but i hate <laughs> one of the, i hate the squishy toilet seat well the the thing is is like if you're ever sitting on the toilet seat like cover something is something's up you know, mm-hmm. you know, because like, who sits on the toilet to just sit there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You like when the lid's down? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think the the only time you're going to do that is if you're like kind of air drying after a shower, <laughs> or or cutting your nails. I'll do that to cut my nails. Oh, okay. Cut my toenails. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't cut my nails in the in the bathroom. I I'll typically oh. like. I don't know. At I'll, work, right? What's that? <laughs> yeah. At work at your desk. Absolutely. No. Like I'll, a normal uh, person. I'll uh, grab like a paper towel and I'll do it in front of the TV or something. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'll i sit on there. and So there's every so often there's something to do sitting on the lid. But I got the feeling that it was the lid and the, maybe not even the lid, but it was definitely the seat that was Lucite and had these coins in it. Because he talks about, you know, sitting on the president's face or whatever. <laughs> I, I, it was it was just one of the weirdest stand-up bits. Like, was this actually a giant? I guess we got, we got our first bit of homework. I'm going to look up Bizarre Toilet Seats. And maybe there's an L.A. Times article about that, like I found about secondhand smoke by putting <laughs> in, like, yeah. 1994. <laughs> like, we find out that the, the, like, bizarre toilet seat inventor was, like, Times Person of the Year in 94. Like, oh, my God, that's that's amazing. <laughs> 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 I guess they were really. I just for, I just wasn't a part of it because I wasn't in the market for a toilet seat when I was 13. <laughs> I didn't get to pick mine out like Ted. <laughs> well, sorry, sorry that uh, you're just totally checking my privilege here. <laughs> Check your toilet seat privilege. <laughs> um, so we open in Jerry's apartment, 
And he's eating, I saw this, post-banana nut crunch, which isn't a cereal that I recognize, but I did a little bit of Googling and found out that it may still be around, just it has been transferred to post-great grains uh, umbrella of brands. Hmm. So they kind of like made it sound more... It sounds pretty good, though, because I, I kind of like banana bread. And I, I get the feeling from my Googling that that's what they were going for, the taste of banana bread. So What was it called? Banana nut crunch? Banana nut crunch made by Post, yeah. <laughs> All right. Like I said, it may or may not still be around. I saw people saying that it's getting tougher and tougher to find in, in these uh, like serial worshipping websites that I found that I came across <laughs> and almost got stuck on a deep dive on, but I, I, I was able to break free <laughs> of the maw. And Superman right there on the bookshelf oh, right yeah. away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just first thing. They're just getting it out of the way. George is still with Lindsay even after the Breakfast at Tiffany's debacle. Uh, where he and I, I'm guessing that like when we see Lindsay later on, like that is who was kind of leading the book club and talking about Holly Go Lightly in the last episode at was the very though? end of the last episode. Was it? Though? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same actress. Okay, Jessica Hecht. Yeah, because uh, I went back and looked. The weird thing was on Seinfeld scripts, that character is played by Jessica Hecht, and her name is Marie. For some reason, which is definitely a name we never hear in the, the episode "The Couch," <laughs> and in the gymnast, she is Lindsay, but still played by Jessica Hack. So I don't know. Maybe she's got a twin or something. <laughs> uh, and and maybe in the Seinfeld universe, Lindsay couldn't make it to book club that day, so Marie filled in for her. Yes, yeah. I uh, I I don't know where you want to reconcile all of this, but that's that's kind of what I found. And uh, I was doing a lot of googling like thirty seconds into the show. I was like, "Come on, let me get let me get through this episode. Everyone's gonna wake up soon." Uh, so George says she finds my stupidity charming, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, and he's meeting her mom later, and Jerry remarks that he's pretty good with moms, and George says he's better with the moms than with the daughters. And Jerry says, too bad you can't date the mothers. And then George takes it a step further. I just oh. love this whole interaction. He's like, <laughs> this I wish is I such a weird talk. line. I wish I could, it would be great if I could talk to the mothers and have sex with the daughters. Then I'd really have something going. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. And, and Jerry says, I mean, like, oh, you got something going. All right. Like, I, uh, I obviously know exactly what he means, but just saying it out loud and coming from George is so weird. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It toes a line that is, uh, you know, from what I've heard, very popular in adult films these days. So. <laughs> um, all, all he needs is the word "step" in there, and he's. Uh, <laughs> oh no! And he's golden. He, he just needs the word like "step" and "my." <laughs> yeah. If I could yeah. talk to the mother and have sex with my stepsister, then I'd really have something going. <laughs> then I'd really have something going. Kramer comes in and he's getting some 3D art framed a bunch with a bunch of Mr. Pitt's paintings by Elaine, and we, we find out that Jerry is dating a Romanian Olympic gymnast who was a silver medalist in the '84 Olympics. And Kramer is just like just turned on by the prospect <laughs> instantly, of, uh, instantly yeah, turned on. You know what a gymnast could do in the bedroom, and he says a phrase here that he says that sex will melt your face. I'm like interesting <laughs> term for. 94 because i feel like in the past i don't know let's say 10 years like face melting has been like a, the go kind of the go-to figurative i'm not gonna say cliche but like idiom let's say idiom like oh man it was a face melting guitar solo or like that movie <laughs> melted my face like don't you feel like that's more of a recent I term i don't know i feel like i've i've heard that like even describing like 80s metal you know 
But were, were they describing 80s metal talking in 2010, or were they describing 80s metal in the 1980s? I'm I'm not sure. I, I don't I, I don't uh, think of face melting as like such a a recent thing. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like like Jack Black, like with the um, with the emergence <laughs> of Jack Black, like face melting. That term "melt your face" became um, more widespread. I, I, I'm trying to give Kramer credit here for like coining the term "melt your face." Maybe he did. Maybe Jack uh, Black watched this episode. He's like, "Melt your face, yeah, yeah." yeah. So it, Kramer and a little bit like Steven Spielberg in uh, you know Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> right because a guy's yeah, face absolutely. literally melts it so. literally melts <laughs> i'm gonna give them two both i'm gonna give both of them credit for that i'm, I'm gonna look up <laughs> melt your face for next week too see if we can find out anything about the okay. entomology or the or see if there's like a google trend graph where it like really juts up in 94 <laughs> you know <laughs> um jerry's like well you know I, I think i'm gonna break it off there's always a price to to pay for a purely sexual dalliance he says um, and Kramer's trying to convince him that it is a price worth paying. And he's like, oh, we're, she's Romanian. What are we going to talk about? Ceausescu? Uh, <laughs> did I did you... not know who that was. Okay. I was going to, I was going to ask <laughs> if you, if you got this reference. Yeah. Who that was. Or, well, we learned later it's a who, but I was like, what or who is that? And I knew right away. I was like, that's just going to be homework for, I'm not even going to Google it right now. Cause that's kind of against my ethos as far as this podcast goes. <laughs> so, um, we'll, we'll put that down too. We already have three bits of homework. And we're not even through with the first what? scene. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Next week's going to be long, isn't it? <laughs> I think we might have a long pre-show. Uh, so George exits the bathroom, and he is buttoning up his shirt. And Kramer and Jerry are like, "What? why are you getting redressed? And whenever he, as George puts it, goes to the office, he always takes his shirt off. Like, the whole way off. He finds it. You know, unencumbering, and I can—I guess I can see his case when he's—if you've got a button-up on, you yeah. Know. Do, do you? Is this something you do or anything? Is this something you know anybody that does? No, I don't think anybody does this. <laughs> I—I've done this before, like once or twice. It's definitely not a, a regular thing, but it's—it's uh, it's if I'm like there, there's two factors. It's if I'm wearing something that I know is probably going to dip down into uh. the toilet. And also, if I like just put a shirt on, and I know it's gonna be real smelly. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to like adhering itself to the fabric. No, I I, I don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be smelling like poop. Yeah, no, that's that's no one wants. No, that's good. Yeah, but no, I've never I've never done this before. <laughs> and Kramer, meanwhile, has like a attack in his lower abdomen that Jerry says he's got to go to the doctor for, and that's where this scene pretty much wraps up. Over at Mr. Pitt's office, there Mr. Pitt has a, some sort of merger going on between a bottled water company that he is on the board of and another bottled water company. Uh, his company is Morgan, and the other one is Poland, I believe. And he tells uh, Elaine is going to go over a, a contract, and she pulls out a fountain pen, and he tells Elaine no ink is to be used in his house, in his office. And so she starts using a pencil. Kramer comes in to get his poster, and... He shows. I, I love when he's like ripping the covers off of like all of the paint, <laughs> paintings to find his because uh, they're all wrapped up in that like you know paper from the frame shop. Mm -hmm. And so he picks it up and he's like blown away by it. And Mr. Pitt comes by and he cannot see it, and he <laughs> won't stop staring at it. Needs instructions. Do you remember these pieces of artwork? Because these were 
absolutely nothing bigger. Every single store in the mall selling really? multiple versions of these things. Yeah, multiple kiosks selling multiple versions of these <laughs> things. I had one on my wall that showed an under. It, it was a um, mostly a um, a killer whale or an orca or something like that. Yeah, and then a bunch of fish swimming around it. I mean, wow. you had to have one of these, and they were just such a big part of '90s culture. Do you what, what's your what's your what's your frame of reference? For these? I, I frame. <laughs> God, I, I've never I've never seen these. I don't think I, I've never seen these out and about. What? What? Yeah. If you if you saw one of these weird like because it just looks like digital noise, and then there was a special way to look at it where you could see a three. You know, it would sort of add some depth to it, and and um. I don't know how, the best way I can describe it because uh, uh, you know, in the they're like unfocus or get close or walk away. Like is is sort of like have both of your eyes because they both see different things and just merge those into one thing in the center. I don't know how to I don't know how to say that any better. But then they then it would become three D and the this the this is also played for laughs and mall rats. If you've ever seen that, Ethan Supley is staring at one of these for the entire movie and everybody walks by <laughs> and goes, oh, cool sailboat. Have you ever seen Mallrats? No, I haven't. What? I, wow, Ted, I'm actually kind of shocked. Yeah, I, I mean the only the only like reference I have of Mallrats is I've seen like a few of the Jay and Silent Bob movies, yeah. uh, and most recently I saw the the revival or the the reboot or whatever it was called, and ah. I think Ethan Supley's in it, and they're oh, in, cool. they're in a mall. Ah. Okay, is he like looking at a poster I, or anything? I, I <laughs> like, don't. Do they I reference don't, that? I don't think so. No. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, the, I mean these were just like. You couldn't. They were just such big, big deals in the '90s. Uh, like I said, like you couldn't walk five feet without running across another kiosk that sold them. I mean, they were just they were just everywhere, obviously. Um, and so while Pitt is staring at this poster, Kramer has yet another lower abdomen attack and <laughs> exits the room. Over at Lindsay's mom's place, George is just being very charming, just spewing BS, you know, about how he loves family, especially his family, and they're so close and and stuff like that. I love so everyone's kind of leaving, and the party's wrapping up, and he, you know, is reintroducer is saying goodbye to Nana, and he goes nee 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 Nana or something <laughs> like that, and I put that up there with. Coltrane, Butrane, Nitrane, whatever that was. Coltrane, like, Butrane, Nitrane. <laughs> <laughs> like the nee, 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 nana is some <laughs> weird inside joke that they shared, you know, just 15 minutes earlier, probably. It's just so, just such a weird, it was so weird. So weird. Nee, 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 nana. <laughs> Do we have to look up um, the origins of that? No, no, because I think we're just going to come up empty-handed like Coltrane, <laughs> Butrane, Nitrane. Hey, Coltrane, Butrane, Nitrane. <laughs> yeah, it's just in the same. It's just in the same category as those kind of weird uh, non sequitur throwaways. Uh, George is helping to clean up, and he grabs some plates and he heads into the kitchen with them, and he opens the trash can with the pedal at the bottom to uh, throw out some stuff, and he sees an eclair on the top of the trash and he he puts down the plates picks it up and takes a bite and right at that moment Lindsay's mom walks in and sees him eating the eclair which george panics and and rushes out of the kitchen to try to explain himself or something (laughs) over at mr pitts elaine is looking at the 3d wall art and she can see it but pitt still cannot and instead of going to this meeting about the bottled water merger for him, he wants Elaine to go instead. 
and that's pretty much that scene. That, yeah, that's that's it. There's nothing else that happens there. <laughs> that's it. You got to move the plot along. Yeah. Spe- speaking of really quick scenes, next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next at Angelo's Shoe Repair, which, by the way, is still at 228 Columbus Avenue. Really? Wow. It looks like it's been there forever. It looks exactly the same. It just has no awning. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, it's still like a little. It, it's it, it's in an alleyway in between two buildings that they just like bricked up. <laughs> and put a shoe repair store there, and uh, yeah, two twenty. And the Yelp reviews are kind of funny because some people are like, "Oh my gosh, I took my shoes there, and now they are absolutely magical. They're better than they even were when I bought them new." <laughs> and there's some people who are like, "They ripped me off. They made. They did. They made all these mistakes." And it's it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it, it goes from like five star reviews to one star reviews, really so fast. Yeah, it's really really <laughs> there, weird. There, there's no like threes or fours. It's all it's all just like one extreme or the other. It, pretty much, yeah. Because even the <laughs> even the three star reviews are like the worst. I will never ever come back to this place. Three like when stars. you start reading them, yeah, yeah, three stars. It's like, why do you do? Why do you people do that? Like people <laughs> who leave three star reviews that are just scathing, or like this is the best movie I've ever seen. Three stars, like yeah. What? But <laughs> it's like I, th- this is this is the absolute best restaurant I've ever been to. Oh my god, the creme brulee was to die for. However, I got a bad phone call from my mother earlier in the afternoon. Three stars. Yeah, even even better when it has nothing to do. Yeah. Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite um, Amazon reviews too, where you get like <laughs> I, I hate the ones that are a full life story, but the ones that are a little life story, like oh my stepbrother and I used to watch this all the time before he joined the Taliban. Like, wait a minute, <laughs> what? I'm Hang sorry. On <laughs> Hang on. You now I want you to expound on that. <laughs> like, enough about Air Bud. Please tell me more about what happened with your stepbrother and the Taliban. <laughs> Jesus. Three stars for Air Bud. <laughs> I feel like my brother would not have joined the Taliban if we hadn't watched this. Oh man, I, I remember. I remember the exact afternoon my my mother brought this home for for us to enjoy on a cold December afternoon. Four yeah. stars for Shaq Fu on Sega Genesis. <laughs> great reviews. Great. Re- Actually, if you're listening to this and you want to review our show, like add some little tidbits about your life in there, like that. <laughs> I would really love for Ted to read some of those. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, well, what's happening at... It's actually we're outside of uh, the shoe... Angelo's Shoe Repair at 228 Columbus Avenue. And, and it's Jerry and the gymnast. And they're talking about Ceausescu. And uh, he's a dictator, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but the, I they, guess... They've uh, got nothing yeah. else to talk about. Like, I mean, in the first scene, Jerry's like, what am I going to do? Talk about Ceausescu? And yeah. there he is talking about Ceausescu. <laughs> yeah, first things just go right through all the Ceausescu. And so they're talking about – I did kind of like the conversation, though, because they're talking about what a bad dictator he was. And he's like, oh, I bet he woke up and started dictating. I want a cup of coffee now. I want a strudel now or something <laughs> like that. And I thought that was kind of a funny um, – you know, because you hear, like, dictator and, like, oh, he started dictating immediately. Like, oh, that's kind of a funny <laughs> – you don't think of dictators dictating. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, over at Monk's. Jerry, well, George has obviously explained to Jerry what he was caught doing, and Jerry is like rehashing it back to him in the most condescending, you are such an idiot way. Oh, yeah. And this to me is one of the greatest quotes of Seinfeld. So you figure, what the hell? I'll just eat some trash. <laughs> uh, I love that line so much. <laughs> but the, the the back and forth here, even on top of that line, the back and forth is great. Jer- uh, George is like, it was not trash. Jerry's. Was it in the trash? Yes. <laughs> then it was trash. 
Yeah, but George goes on to defend it, saying it was on top of a magazine. The doily was still on it. It only had one bite out of it, and he knew who took the bite, <laughs> and it was the ant. Okay, Lindsay's so aunt. B- before before we move away from this scene or, or on to like what happens next, I, I need your take. Whose side are you on with this? Uh, I don't think you're going to like this, Ted. But I'm kind of on George's side. I'm definitely on George's side as well. Okay, good. I'm I've, glad I don't have to be as ashamed as I kind of <laughs> sounded. I've definitely eaten things out of the trash before. Uh, I'm sure I have too. <laughs> like it's definitely. Um, I, I I try and do I do the George. I, I try and make sure no one's watching me. Uh, uh-huh. But if it if it's on top, or better yet, if it's something that is sealed up, you know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that, like, I've been at the radio station and someone, like, threw out a box of donuts that was bought the day before. <laughs> and, like, those donuts are still good. Not only are they still in the box they came in, the yeah. box has not been, like, and I'll, I'll go in and grab those. No problem. I, I want to say, I don't know, I don't remember the exact time, but for some reason I remember this. I want to say I've eaten a hot dog off the top of the trash before. Wow. Yeah, it's like, what's so magic about... The, the trash can's not a force field. No. You know, like, it, it's <laughs> it's not going to catch anything by being in there, I don't think. <laughs> you know, especially in the in the situation where that eclair was. It was pristine. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on George's side, too, as... as uh, I am still kind of ashamed of it. I, you know, like, I know it's wrong. Like you said, if... If, if it wasn't wrong, you wouldn't look around to make sure you were alone. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, we're, we're, allowed to, we're allowed to do this, but we also are allowed to feel shame about it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But Jerry says, like, you, you've crossed a line now, the line between human and bums. You're now a bum. You've eaten garbage. <laughs> so, Jerry, you know, friend to all. Like, Which, like, yeah, g- great, great line to plant the seed for what is to come later in the episode. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. I do love how they, you know, take that statement to an extreme, and but then they run I, with it. Really, it's it's a throwaway yeah. statement from Jerry, but they run yeah. with it. And Kramer uh, comes into Monks, and he has a kidney stone, and Jerry sort of just tags a scene, you know, and K- Kramer <laughs> explains what it is—a bit of calcium that's in your kidney that is eventually going to pass through your urethra yeah, in urine, and. and, and, and Hurt like a bastard, and, and much like Jerry's tag last week, where he's talking about like the the pizza place that donates to anti-abortion groups. And he's like, "Yeah, ooh, you don't want to get places pizzas from there. Could be trouble. Could uh, be trouble. It's 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 a lot in that same vein. He's just like, ooh, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, and it's such a dumb <laughs> line. Like that's gotta hurt. In fact, you know, Seinfeld fans will know that that's gotta hurt will come up much much later at the you know towards the end of the entire really? series. Okay. And it's such like a dumb line, but I think it is his delivery. I think you just hit on something because I was like, I shouldn't have laughed as hard as I did at, at that's got to hurt because it's such a cliche line. Mm-hmm. But I, it must have been his delivery. Like, that's got to hurt. And he like he maybe takes even another sip of his coffee. He's always <laughs> he's always tagging his own tags with like a sip of coffee. Um, <laughs> and I was like, that was that was funny, but it shouldn't have been. But yeah. It must have been just his delivery. I, I found myself laughing at a lot. There's another one coming up. I think a lot of cliche lines that shouldn't have been funny in this episode that I really enjoyed for some reason. Um, have you ever had a kidney stone? No, thank God. <laughs> if I never get one, I will consider my life a success, have no you, matter you, what you, happens. You haven't had one ever? No. I, I know one of my friends, my freshman year of college, uh, he gets them all the time. I don't. I haven't talked to him in a couple of years, um, but he got them occasionally when we were in, when we were in college. 
and he would literally just be walking down the hallway and yeah. the pain would be so bad he would stop in his footsteps and drop to the floor grabbing oh like his gosh. midsection and i'm like oh my god this this <sighs> lo- sounds awful did you ever hear him pass one no thank god uh, yeah like, like if i never no matter what happens, if that never happens, I will consider yeah. having but, an achievement unlocked. But but then again, this is also the kid who like uh, would never drink water and would only drink Dr. Pepper. Okay, well, there's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> there's your problem right there because I, when you said he got them all the time, it sounded like, you know, a, I think some people may have a condition where no matter what they do, it just builds up and it happens all the time. No, I think this was just from how much sugar he was ingesting. Well, I remember hearing like someone again. Like I met someone in college too who got him, and like they said, "Oh yeah, like if you drink brown cola a lot, that'll happen." I was like, "Welp, that'll put me off a of brown cola for good." Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, and and to this day, I don't drink a ton of soda. You know, so I I and that's one of the reasons kidneys. My fear yeah. of kidneys. Yeah, I've, my I've, phobia. I know I've severely cut back my soda consumption over the last couple of years. Not even just because of that. Just because like I'm okay. I'm. I'm closer to 30 than I am 20. Uh, how, how much like pop do I need to be drinking? In fact, like mm-hmm. the, the only things like canned that I'll buy right now is like uh, zero sugar Mountain Dew. Like I'll get like mm-hmm. the zero sugar Baja Blast and uh, mm-hmm. Arnold Palmer. Mm-hmm. And the Arnold Palmer has way more sugar in it than the Mountain Dew does. <laughs> That's crazy. You're probably safe. I have no idea. <laughs> I wish you the best. I wish us both the best in our quest to never have kidney stones. Um, okay, so over at the Poland Springs merger, they, uh, you know, just sort of wrapping it up. It seems like kind of a um, just an administrative. Wait, was it Poland meeting. Springs or Poland Creek? Oh, maybe it was. I, I thought I it was wrote, Poland Springs. I wrote down Poland Creek for some reason, uh, but I, I think the the new company that they were. That they were going to merge into had the name Springs in it. Yeah, it definitely did. And I thought I thought they both had Springs, like Morgan Springs and Poland Springs. See, I think it was Poland Creek and Morgan Springs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the, whatever the case may be, the name they've come up with is Molen Springs. <laughs> and Elaine is like, "What?" It was like, "Well, that's a you know a, a merger of our names, Morgan and Poland." It was actually Mr. Pitt's idea, but they realize, you know, and once Elaine hears that, she kind of, she says it's an awful name, but then once she hears it's Pitt's idea, she kind of backtracks. Yeah. But the two guys there, are like we, I told you, we've got to yeah. do something about well, that name. Well, she she even says like, "I would never buy anything with the name Molen <laughs> on it." What? <laughs> Yeah, it does sound like mold. It I does. Mean, you, th- you hear mold, Mo- you hear water, and yeah. M- Molen Springs water. Like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the guys are like, yeah, we knew the name was a problem, and now it's, you know, now that we've gotten, like, a, a peasant's input on it, we know we've got to do something about it. Yeah. Um, over at Jerry's apartment, George is on the phone <laughs> explaining <laughs> to Lindsay, you know, about what happened with the eclair and everything, and she agrees to give him a second chance. And Jerry says he should get her flowers to really smooth things over. And George is like, that's a great idea. Uh, Kramer comes in with a tape of the 84 Olympics. And Jerry says something here that I think we've shown time and time again is not true. That Kramer is like trying to get Jerry, Jerry just to stay with this woman that he really doesn't like just so we can have sex with her. And Jerry (laughs) says, you see, I, I have a moral compass. I consider people's feelings unlike you. Uh, Which we can see is not true. I, I'm I'm sorry. When has Jerry literally ever done that? 
Yeah, show me once. <laughs> show, show <laughs> if anybody wants to like help us out with this, show us literally one time Jerry has considered other people's feelings. And he didn't get anything out of it. Because the only time he would consider someone else's feelings if he, is if, if he, there was if like some him. gain for him. Yeah. So I found that very... <laughs> but I mean, like, again, it, it really does just speak to his sociopathic nature because he thinks he's a good person. Yes. You know what I mean? Like he, yes. He thinks he's always acting with other people's interests <laughs> in mind when, in fact, we know that's not the case. But we know he's fooling himself, you know? Kramer tells Jerry that he's on the threshold of sensual delights most men dare not dream of. And so they put on the uh, tape, and we get a rare shot of Jerry's TV here. Maybe not so rare, but you don't see it in every, you know, most of the time it's up against that fourth wall. But mm-hmm. when, when we need to see it, they do, you know, sort of uh, push it out into the frame. And Jerry, like Kramer is, um, it's weird that it has no announcing over it already. <laughs> because Kramer is doing all the, the announcing. And he's like, oh, she goes uh, full, whatever this, and uh, flip, and lands it, and she sticks a landing, and and it's weird that when they're watching the tape, all you hear is, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> I'm like, all right, was this on purpose? Like, what? It had to have been, right? It had to have been one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Because when you're watching gymnast, like, where did he get raw footage of the '84 Olympics? <laughs> I you mean, know? hey, we, we know how much of a Miss America buff Kramer is. Maybe <laughs> maybe he also has a source to get raw gymnastics footage. I guess so. Yeah, that seems like the kind of thing that, that Kramer would be doing, <laughs> watching, you know, slightly po- post-pubescent girls. Oh, uh, no. Raw, raw Olympic footage. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and But Jerry and George are left speechless by watching the tape. They're just, their mouths are agape by her flexibility and, and so on and so forth. And uh, later in Jerry's car in the next scene, he, you know, is, is basically has told uh, the gymnast, whose name I'm pretty sure we don't know at this point, and again, we don't get until the very end, you know, he's like asking her about it, like, and she says, oh, I can balance in any position. Unfortunately, it's only useful in gymnastics or something <laughs> like that. And she like bites her bottom lip too. And, and Jerry is like, Almost intimidated at this point by what he's gotten himself into sexually. <laughs> he, he even says he's like, oh, boy. Yeah, oh, boy. But not like, oh, boy. It's like, oh, boy. <laughs> it's like a frightened, like a very intimidated, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in Jerry's apartment later, he's talking to Elaine. And unfortunately, the sex was quite ordinary. It wasn't <laughs> excited at all. And I like that. Elaine is like, what did you think would happen? He's like, uh, you know what? Let's not. Uh, she's like, no, tell me. Like, <laughs> he, and he won't explain the yeah, fantasy to Elaine. He, he can't. He can't name anything specific. But Elaine then starts going through all of like the gymnastic exercises that <laughs> Katya. Oh, we we did learn her name was Katya, by the way, in the last scene. Oh, we did. Yeah. When when oh. when, Kramer, when Kramer came in with the tape, he's like, I've oh. got the tape of the '84 Olympics with Katya's silver medal performance. Oh, um, I missed that. I missed that. But uh, Elaine starts going through all the the uh, exercises that Katya would have been able to do, and she finally gets onto. You surely don't think you would have been the pummel horse, do you? <laughs> yeah, and Jerry gets so uncomfortable that <laughs> yeah, he, he just like, oh, you know what? Let's not talk about this. Like. You, the, he doesn't want to explain his kink to Elaine. The, the one line that Elaine had, though, she's like, did you think she was just going to take some chalk and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, That's where the conversation really ends. <laughs> but so Jerry asks, like, okay, since they've had sex, like, how long does he have to stay in the relationship? And Elaine says three weeks. 
I, I mean, uh, Elaine, then he, she is explaining to Jerry that she put the kibosh on the merger. Uh, we, ah. we do hear, though, that Kramer yelps in pain from his own apartment. And uh, Jerry and Elaine both run over thinking that it was it was the kidney stone. He finally yeah, passed yeah. the stone. But no, Kramer tried to do the reverse hect off of his couch <laughs> and he didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was inspired by the <laughs> performance. Uh, George is leaving. He said he was going to the florist, but George, in fact, just goes to a corner bodega to get flowers because um, he said in the, he's like, yeah, flowers. I'm going to the florist, but he doesn't. He, <laughs> I, I made sure to read because I wrote down florist at first. I was like, wait a second. That just looked like it wasn't yeah, a florist. No, it was just a like it, it's got it's like kind of the um the the corner bodega exterior that we see in like every other shot whenever they need to be walking out of a pharmacy <laughs> or something like that. It, it literally is just like a, you know, a corner store, a convenience store or something oh, like okay. that. They have fine flowers, don't get me wrong, but George George cheaped out kind of, I yeah, think. Yeah, probably. You know, get he got gas station flowers. There are no gas stations, you know, around, but they they tend to be gas station flowers. <laughs> and he's also drinking some coffee. It's horrible coffee, and he throws the bad coffee onto a car <laughs> that somehow he didn't see. Which okay, th- is this normal behavior? Is if you're if you don't like the coffee instead of throwing it away, you, yeah. you angrily throw the liquid out of the cup to then later throw the cup away, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah. Like, he didn't even, like, pour it out gently. He, like, tosses it. He, like, if someone was there, he, they'd be scalded very badly. Oh, yeah. He whipped it out of the cup. Yeah. Uh, onto, a, onto a car that somehow he didn't see. <laughs> like, onto the car's windshield. But, uh, but uh, I mean, the, the guy in the car, he's, he's angry. He's livid. He wants George yeah. to clean it up. Yeah, and so George grabs some, he's still holding his cup, which is an important detail, and he grabs some newspaper out of the nearby trash receptacle, and he begins cleaning the man's windshield with the newspaper, and he's spotted across the street by Lindsay's mom, who sees him doing something that bums in New York City do all the time, and that's, you know, wiping windshields with newspapers. Newspaper and water, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So back in Jerry's apartment, George is explaining again what has happened, and... When he hangs up the phone with Lindsay, who I guess has given him another shot, Jerry goes, strike two. <laughs> <laughs> and then and, and George is like, he says something like, well, you think I got a shot? He's like, well, you're down in the count. <laughs> uh, and it is pretty funny. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, like that he spotted doing something that bums do once again. And like holding the cup is important because that's where you would put you the, know, the tip for yeah. them. Yeah. for the, Like a coin or whatever you're going to yeah. put in there. Jerry is going to the circus with katya now because he you know and he blames kramer for having to keep dating her and so he's roped kramer into the trip of the circus too he's like you know what you're going but kramer doesn't like the circus because as we know he is afraid of clowns mm-hmm. did, did you catch the did you catch the line that jerry called kramer the name rather no he called him dr cyclops why because he's dealing with a kidney stone and the, the the one eye of his dick. Really? I, I, what? I think. <laughs> I, I don't know why why else he would call him Dr. Cyclops. Yeah, me neither. I mean, that. Uh, <laughs> I guess that makes as much sense as anything. I, I, that's, might... that's literally the only logic I could apply to it. I'm like, <laughs> uh, okay, this is weird. <laughs> I'm uh I'm going to look that up. Okay, uh, please next do. Week as well. Please do. Doctor Cyclops. Yeah, we'll find out <laughs> what the deal with that nickname is. 
yeah, like uh, that makes as much sense as anything. Just a, a, you know, just a, a sneaking a little dirty joke past the uh, past the censors, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, it sounds sounds right. I just I just totally missed him calling him that, so I'm puzzled. Uh, <laughs> I need some I need some more context or something. Over at Mr. Pitt's, Pitt finally sees the picture of the spaceship <laughs> in the 3D artwork, and that's pretty much it. The, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, are we? He's about this, to leave. It seems is, like he's about to leave the apartment for the first time in a few days because he's just been staring at this poster. And so oh, okay. he's got his riding. He's got his riding gear on. He's going to go ride his horse. Okay. And, yeah. We're, uh, we're as not, he's leaving, that's right. He, we're, he we're, catches we're, it. Yeah. yeah. We're not at the other the other scene where he's still enthralled by the poster yet. Okay. No. No. Okay. No. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. But we, we we do go to Madison Square Garden for the Ringling Brothers Circus, which seems like a very big venue for for a circus. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's New York City. I mean, millions of people there, so that's true. I bet they had a, I bet they had a nice run at uh, and Ringling Brothers. Like that's the circus, you know. Yeah, and, and I knew it was always a big deal when Ringling came to New York City because they had to like walk the elephants through the tunnels or something like that. So in the middle of the night, you could get up, and I think they'd even like start publicizing this. You could get up and like watch the march of the ele- elephants through the the tunnel because I guess whatever truck they were carrying them in, like. It was too big or something like that. And so that's the only way they could get them uh, to, to Madison Square Garden. I might be making that up, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Well, well, um, well, speaking of elephants, Katya says that her father used to take her to the circus and he would scream and cur- he would scream curses at the elephants, blaming them for all the <laughs> ills of society. Yeah. And I love Jerry's line like, well, they do take up a lot of space. <laughs> Again, another line that like shouldn't have been as funny as funny as it was. Yeah. By the way, I want to mention, right off the bat, we see, uh, we're, we're at the circus, Ringling Brothers Circus, and we see in the background, the cl- there's clowns everywhere, and Kramer's freaking out, so he's like trying to get out of the backstage area where mm-hmm. Jerry and Katya are hanging out, but we see the clown, David Larib, is like right in between, he even looks at the camera, Wait, what? just like fleetingly, yeah, like this is like one of the most famous clowns in the world. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, and, and in the 90s, he was like the... I don't know if he was the ringmaster, but he was like the big draw. Like every time Ringling Brothers came around, there'd be like a big draw. Like, oh, this time we have this, and this time we have this as our main event. And he was like the main event one year. Kind of like that. And you remember that clown with like the big hair? Like the kid and play style hair? Oh, I don't remember geez. his name. No, honestly. You know what I'm talking about? No. Well, so like every so often they have like a, a very famous clown, and this is one of the most famous clowns who worked for Ringling Brothers for a while. And like he was like, come see this clown one of the years i remember going because we'd always go to the circus whenever it came to town and so when i saw him i was like that's friggin and i didn't um i didn't i didn't know his name i did google it ahead of time so maybe i did a little you know i i sort of went against my ethos there but i was like (laughs) i gotta find out this guy's name and mention him because i kind of i guess it wasn't necessarily homework because like i i recognized him it wasn't something i didn't know you Mm -hmm. know what i mean i knew i knew what to google to find him and then i did and so that's him. I mean, this guy is like, I think he's probably still alive, but I Googled like Ringling Brothers, the Ringling Brothers clown, and a couple of other names came up, but his name was definitely there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we, in, also in this scene, we meet Misha, who is Katya's friend. The, the reason they're going to the circus, uh, yeah. who is a t- uh, tightrope walker, a trapeze artist, mm-hmm. and as soon as, as soon as he comes over, he's like, oh, this is the comedian, and yeah. then... Uh, he and uh, me, he and Katya then start speaking in Romanian. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only word that you can really make out unless you speak Romanian is Jerry, which they say a couple times. <laughs> and I tried holding up Google Translate to the speaker, and it couldn't pick up anything. Oh, like dang. Too much. Okay. They're talking over each other, and there's too much background noise. I, I don't know if... Um, you know that that may be some more homework. God, so much homework for next week. But I wonder if anybody who has spoken Romanian has like posted in a message board or anything about what they're actually saying. I'd be very curious. But uh, interesting point I wanted to make here. Uh, Misha is apparently played by Ezra Koenig for Vampire Weekend. Wait, for real? <laughs> it looks exactly like him, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know if Ezra, Ezra Koenig was born in '94, but um, it looks exactly like the lead singer of Vampire Weekend. I mean. <laughs> Like twins, they you, are friggin' twins. You could you could legit like just say that as a fact, and I would believe you. <laughs> yeah, like well, you might not know this, but Ezra Koenig is actually fifty. He he's very young. He looks young. It's like it's like very... it's like all the dudes in the National. They 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 started being like this alt band, and then oh, they're all old dads now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like like me growing up with Wilco. Like we've yes, all we've yes. we've all kind of aged at the same time, and like <laughs> so now, now now the rock I used to listen to is Dad Rock. Yes, no, no, it's not. It's still rock. We just happen to be dads. Tim, you, you sound like uh, you sound like the guys who are like, man, when I used to listen to ACDC, it was rock. Now it's classic rock. <laughs> uh, no, it's still rock. Yeah, hard I wear my- metal rock. I wear my dad hat and my dad <laughs> shorts and my dad sneakers, and I listen to dad rock. Hell yeah. That's all I do. <laughs> I'm a walking dad stereotype. But, I mean, I just couldn't get over how much this guy looked like Ezra from Vampire <laughs> Weekend. It's just absolutely crazy. Back in Mr. Pitts, there's been an emergency meeting of the water bottle board of directors called about this merger and the name and everything like that. And Elaine snaps Pitt out of uh, you know the, po- the, the trance he's in because of the poster. And she reaches into her bag and her ink pen has exploded in the bag, which, you know, is one of the reasons Mr. Pitt does not trust ink pens and doesn't like them in his house. And yeah, said, he, Don't bring one in here. He, t- he told her they leak. Yeah. And so that has happened. And she's like sort of trying to like shake Mr. Pitt and get him to go to this meeting and stuff like that. And he I guess he has touched her hand at some point because he touches the bottom of his nose and gets some ink right under his nose. He's mm-hmm. also... By the way, still in his riding getup, which is like kind of a black and tan, like mostly tan with like black lapels. Yeah, and it, it's got like black, bla- black boots, and he's yeah, it's got like yes. black like uh, uh, inner thigh guards, you know. Yeah, and so if you've never seen this before, you can probably see where we're going with the black <laughs> ink under the nose and the sort of interesting looking uniform. But we'll cut to uh, the car where George, where Linda invites George up. You know, she's obviously giving him. Uh, another another chance at this point and she's like my mom's having a party you know if you want to come up and he's like oh maybe i'll use the bathroom (laughs) and she's like great yeah Yeah. george why not (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's exactly what we want you to do when there's a bunch of people around (laughs) and so george is excited about using the bathroom and back in the circus misha is introduced uh, to the crowd he's going to do his tightrope act and i love that you know he's, he's putting on his costume and stuff he's already in like his his uh what would you call that? Like a ringlet or a onesie or what do they call it? Uh, the wrestlers wear, um, uh, you know, not a onesie, a, a, a singlet. Yeah. A singlet. I said ringlet. I was like, it's not ringlet. <laughs> it's it's close. Yeah, singlet. There close. you go. Close. Um, but but, yeah, but uh, some, someone someone comes up that they help him put on his cape and yeah. J- Jerry's line here he's like oh yeah those are those are really coming back into fashion yeah <laughs> those capes are coming back <laughs> <laughs> uh, back at Lindsay's 
the a guy finally vacates the bathroom and says, "Man, uh, they got one of those three D post art posters in there. It's very mesmerizing." Um, <laughs> and so George goes into the bathroom back at the circus. Well, but Kramer, before, uh, yeah. real quick, did we Jerry when we were at the circus last time? Jerry tells Misha to break a leg. Obviously, the expression yeah. of like, "Hey, yeah, have, have a good show" or something is that. Just like an American only expression. Oh, I wonder because because Misha obviously looks at him and he's like, I- "I'm sorry, what?" Yeah, and Jerry's like, "Oh, showbiz, you know." Yeah, I I, I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't know that that was really only like English language. Yeah, I would o- I would imagine uh, I I think that's probably true, but I think here they were playing it as like that's the last thing you want to tell a guy who's about to go up on a tightrope, you know, yeah. break a leg. Yeah. <laughs> so I, th- I think, yeah, I think that's probably what the, the what they were playing it as. Like, what? Why would you tell me to break a leg? I, you know what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. You know, not like, what does that mean? I'm not familiar with that saying. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Kramer has is carrying a bunch of concessions. I mean, he's got nachos, popcorn, a uh, uh, corn dog. He's got everything. Oh my god! Yeah, his <laughs> arms are just loaded up. <laughs> and he has another attack, and the food goes. I don't know how he was able to make this last as long as he did it's just the genius of michael richard's physical comedy like because food goes everywhere and it keeps going everywhere i mean this scene lasts a good like 30 seconds at least (laughs) and most people would would get one good throw and all the food would be gone but but he He, is able to just like he fumbles with it for so long oh man yeah it's just hilarious how long he's able to keep food coming out of all these boxes and stuff it's crazy but and Kramer goes into the bathroom. He screams, and uh, Misha. All the animals go crazy. It's heard all over uh, all over Madison Square Garden. Evidently, yeah, like he Kramer screams so loud that the entire arena hears him. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it throws Misha off, and he falls back at Lindsay's. George walks out of the bathroom, like rubbing his eyes and has his glasses off, and <laughs> talking about how mesmerizing that poster is. And he's also shirtless. Did he um did he not realize that he didn't put his shirt back on because he had his glasses off? Is that is that what was going on here? No, I think he was I think that what they like what sort what they sort of built up in the throughout this episode is that these posters are mesmerizing and you lose track of time and you lose track of everything <laughs> okay. when you're staring at them. So like with Mr. Pitt, of course, but then also the guy who walks out is like, oh man, I, he knows he's taken a long time in there, but it's because he was staring at that poster. Okay. And so George is just so distracted and, and hypnotized by the poster that he just walks out like forgetting to put his shirt back on because, <laughs> you know, he was, he was under the, the spell of the poster. Uh, and he, he doesn't even try to explain himself or anything. Uh, the scene just kind of ends with him like <laughs> clapping his hands and going like, well, you know, just sort of like making a whelp sort of uh, gestures <laughs> like, oh, well, OK, it's, it's definitely over now. It's definitely over now. Yeah, I'm yeah. shirtless in the middle of this party. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the water office, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm, 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 guess, I'm guessing this would be Morgan Springs then. Yeah. Or, or Mor- uh, Morgan Creek or whatever. Pitt is giving an impassioned speech. Uh, he looks like Hitler. He has the little mustache, and he's got you know the, the tan and black uniform-looking thing on. He's giving an impassioned speech about how we will annex Poland before the end of the year, and our stocks will rise high. And when he does that, he throws a Sieg Heil sign. Oh, no. And that's where the credits roll. That's the freeze yeah. frame. That's, that's your freeze frame right there. Our stocks will rise high. <laughs> 
Um, but instead of more great toilet uh, lid humor from Jerry, um, we get one last scene at the circus, and Misha is all right. The doctor has checked him out amazingly. He's going to be all right. Yeah. And so Katya's like, I'm going to go back and spend some time with him. I don't want you to come with me. You know, it's been three days since we have se- since we had sex, and Misha says that's the only amount of time I have to put in <laughs> because, as she explains, uh, in Romania they think of comedians the same way that Jerry was thinking of gymnasts. And she says to Jerry, you may be a, you may tell jokes, Jerry Seinfeld, but you are no comedian. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Just rips him a new one. Oh my God. Solid burn. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think she's got a pretty good grasp of the English language. I I think so. I think so. Uh, But Uh, Kramer walks out of the bathroom, just whistling. Yeah. Loosey goosey. (laughs) Yeah. He's all better. Yeah, and that's the end of the episode proper. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, so what all do we have for homework then? All right. We were going to look up. I feel like, I, like I need to look up uh, oh. David Larib and see who yeah. that is. Uh, we bizarre wanna, toilet seats. Bizarre toilet seats. Uh, I want to look up why Jerry called Kramer Dr. Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, melt your face. Where Where did that expression start being used? Melt your face. Okay. And, Who was and, Ceausescu? Let's do a deep dive on Ceausescu. And also, Nini Nini Nana. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna. I think you're gonna come up empty-handed if you Google Nini Nini Nana. <laughs> um, and I know there was even one more. I think there was even one more thing. Uh, oh, the, the 3D posters. Yeah, maybe maybe do a little history of the 3D poster. All right, we're gonna have to like run through all this stuff real quick next week. Yeah, yeah. I'll try. <laughs> I'll try to keep it too. I'll try to keep it short. I'll try to be a better editor than I sometimes am, but I I, I find it very interesting. I just find it very interesting. All right. Maybe something else will pop up, but we'll see. All right. So let's try and and come up with a better description then. Uh, All right. We had Elaine must substitute for her boss in a merger deal, and a girlfriend's mom sees George eating out of the trash. Guess Maurice Godin. Okay. First off, who is Maurice Godin? Is that, I have no idea. Who would you guess that is? I don't know. Is that the mom? Because I mean, we've had uh, who whoever plays Justin Pitt. Um, yeah, yeah, Ian Abercrombie. Yeah, we've had him already. I hear I hear Maurice, and I think guy. Is that going to be Misha? Could be Misha. Um, it could be one of the water guys. They don't have they have much as just as much screen time as Misha, maybe. Um, I don't. Um, oh my god! Know. It is Misha. It's Misha. Yeah. Why does he get a friggin' special guest credit? I don't. I have no idea. Wow. <laughs> Maurice Godin, Canadian actor who has appeared in several films and television shows, like <clears throat> Boat Trip with Cuba Gooding Jr. in two thousand and two, hey. <laughs> uh, Bizet's Dream in nineteen ninety four, uh-huh. Saltwater Moose in nineteen ninety six. Uh, Chestnut Hero of Central Park in 2004. I'm waiting waiting for his Disney show credit. (laughs) I don't think he has one. Wow. What? I'm I'm looking for literally anything I've heard of before. (laughs) No Wizards of Waverly Place. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Jeez. Why does this guy have a guest spot? Okay, that's the first thing we've got to do is just get rid of that. (laughs) Yes, I like it. I like it. So, um, so yeah. we're still stuck with Elaine must substitute for her boss in a merger deal. A girlfriend's mom sees George eating out of the trash. 
Uh, um, I, I wouldn't even I, I wouldn't mind putting Jerry in there somewhere. Um, it's interesting. Like, what is the A story in this whole thing? Is it George? I think so. Okay, so let's put that first. But let's say you know George's girlfriend's mom keeps seeing him in compromising positions or something like that <laughs> or embarrassing situations it, em- embarrassing situations yeah yeah it, george's girlfriend's mom i i hate those many i hate how wordy that is but i don't know how else to say it hmm. yeah. or what, what if what if it was just george keeps getting caught in embarrassing situations yeah i like that george, george keeps getting caught in embarrassing situations semicolon um Hmm. I don't mind Elaine substitutes for her boss in a merger deal. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, George keeps getting caught in embarrassing situations. Semicolon Elaine substitutes for her boss in a merger deal. Boom. Yeah, and I guess the gymnast, the title, takes care of Jerry's whole story. story. Yeah, really. I mean, really, Jerry's kind of the C story. Yeah, yeah. If if Kramer Kramer is the D story, I guess, but Jerry really is, yeah, kind of the C story. Because at least Kramer has the poster, like... His whole thing is the poster in the beginning, so yeah. that gets that ball rolling. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, so next week we've got Season 6, Episode 7, The Soup. Original air date, November 10th, 1994. If you're looking at a TV guy that night, you're going to see Jerry regrets accepting a designer suit from an obnoxious comedian. And we have... I'm surprised we don't get a special guest mention here, but maybe it's because really? he'll be... Uh, you know, he'll be such a... Not a big member of the cast, but certainly a, a featured player later on. It's the uh, going to be the first appearance of, of someone we'll see. And, and uh, a comedian to this day who I've gotten to interview, um, I think, two times? Is, yeah, it, maybe. is it the Soup Nazi? No, it is not the Soup oh, Nazi. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, the, thought, I thought we were finally going to meet this guy that I, that I see every time I'm on like a- anything talking about, oh, yeah, the greatest things about Seinfeld. <laughs> No, but I'd venture to say you, you've probably met this guy too because he w- he's been at the comedy club up in Erie a couple times, and I know sometimes you're in you're in the offices when when people are around like that. Hmm. And uh, his name is Steve Heitner, and uh, we will meet his character in this episode, oh. which is very exciting. Okay, okay, yes. So is that it? That's it. All right, for no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hall. The Be good. Be good.